0: Well good morning, it's December the 13th and welcome to St John's uh, Southbourne uh, virtual church service. Uh, Very delighted to be able to do this and thank you very much for all the team that have been able to help us keep going uh, with this ministry. If you're joining us from St Nicholas or anywhere else uh, then do please make contact, let us know that you're uh, touching base and that this is helpful uh, to you. There are links all over that webpage uh, which I can't point to from here um, looking forward to sort of David Polter speaking about the Kingdom of God, that's the series that we're following at the moment, and the Kingdom that is powerful in words and deeds. And that's, quite, that's going to be quite an interesting thing, and I've been enjoying uh, preparing home group notes uh, with David for that. So that's been uh, really interesting stuff. I do hope you join us later on uh, for our Bible studies, and do keep note, an eye out for our Christmas services. I'm trying to do as much uh, as we can uh, but also that means that there'll be some repetition so you've seen that in the daily updates but if you want to come to the uh, particularly if you want to come to the carol singing outside the church on some, on Christmas day itself at 10 could you give us just the only reason we want to know numbers is so that we know how many carol sheets to have ready uh, just to make it's just a convenience thing there isn't a limit to the space you know how big the, the lawn outside the church is so um, but be prepared it will be probably a bit chilly and hopefully not wet but anyway let's uh, think about those things uh, together uh, nearer the time but keep coming in uh, and letting us know how you're getting on. Um, Just before we begin, uh, uh, well as we begin actually, uh, Psalm 126 which some of you know is one of my favourites. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed, our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Heavenly Father, as we're gathered around uh, together, bound by your love and filled with your spirit, pray that you would be each with each one of us, that it might not feel uh, like it's okay to be joyful, that there are things going on that are outside our control and that which we cannot express, but we thank you that we can bring them to you and know your love, your care, in Jesus' name, Amen. Last week I, I lit the second candle and so I've just recorded a little thought uh, which is going out on WhatsApp as well for um, to remind us about what the third week of Advent is about. This week marks the third Sunday of Advent and on the third Sunday of Advent we remind ourselves of the work and word of John the Baptist who came before Jesus and proclaiming uh, repentance uh, for the forgiveness of sins and I find it a very compelling message actually that when confronted with who we are we have to admit we're not right. The people of John the Baptist's time did it, and we can do it today. What we do is we find that when we turn to God and say, I've sinned against you and against heaven and those I know, we find he offers a way back, that there's a road to recovery, to being who we were supposed to be, rather than the people that we've become. very brave mission John the Baptist had. very bold of those to come before him, to be baptized, to be reminded that we can be washed of our sins because Jesus was going to come and bring forgiveness. So the message of Christmas through all those that we remember during Advent is good news, good news of hope, of restoration, of being recovered by God. Thank you very much uh, for your preparation that Anne and David and Leslie have put in and I'm going to hand over to Anne Poulter uh, for the reading and then leave uh, David to carry on uh, with his talk opening up this really exciting and helpful uh, part of God's word in the book of Acts.
1: Good morning. Our reading this morning is taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8 beginning at verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So, there was great joy in that city. Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the, in the city and amazed all of the people of, of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great and all the people both high and low gave him their attention and explained this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God of, and of the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptised, both men and women. Simon himself was, was believed and was baptised, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of hands of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me this also, give me this ability also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share of this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive of sin. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Good morning to you all. My name is David and I'm one of the team here at St John's, And I'm privileged to be bringing today's message to you. May I add my thanks to you for joining us in this online act of worship. Today we're continuing our series looking at the Kingdom of God and the theme for today is Kingdom in Words and Deeds. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and as we look at this passage today, we ask that your Holy Spirit will better equip each one of us to serve you in word and deed through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And of course I'd like to thank Anne for bringing our reading to us today. Uh, This passage in Acts chapter 8 is quite long so it may be helpful if you have your Bible open at chapter 8 as we look at these verses. The last words that Jesus spoke to the apostles before his ascension and his return to his Father in heaven were these. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. As I read these words this week, I wondered what the disciples' reaction would have been to them. Did they think, how are we going to carry out this mission? Just a small bunch of us, fishermen and our friends, Can we really take the good news about Jesus all around the world? Now, as we know, the first part of that message was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost when the disciples were all together and suddenly there was a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. We read about that in chapter 2 of Acts. The disciples were certainly power-filled witnesses a result of that. We know that on that day many folk in Jerusalem became believers. But what about the rest of the world? How would the message reach beyond the borders of the city? It's often said God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. And that is what happened here. After the stoning of Stephen, which we thought about during our evening get-together a couple of weeks ago, we read that a great persecution broke out against the church. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. This was a great opportunity for, as we heard in our reading, those who'd been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Now we also know that several of the apostles traveled further afield, spreading the good news. And there are many churches around the Middle East and beyond that claim to have been founded by one or other of the apostles. There is some truth in these claims, for instance, it's believed that Andrew visited Greece. We know that John also went there and indeed he was exiled on the island of Patmos. Others are believed to have carried the good news into Armenia, the Lebanon, Ethiopia and even as far as India. Whilst I was in the Royal Navy, some Indian sailors came to England as part of their training. They were billeted with us. And one of these young men was a radiant Christian belonging to the Thomist Church from the southwest of India, which is believed to have been founded by St. Thomas. Now, as we see from our reading this morning, Philip went to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Now the the city of Samaria itself was about 42 miles north of Jerusalem in Judea, the northern part of the kingdom, although the area surrounding the city had also become known as Samaria. The Samaritan people were a mixed race of Jews and Assyrians and were despised by most Jews. Their faith was centred on the Pentateuch, the first five books of our Bible, and they rejected almost all of the other Jewish writings. Having said that they were despised by most Jews, we know that Jesus, stopped off in his travels through the region at one of their cities, that he spoke with a woman at a well, and through her testimony and through the teaching of Jesus, many of that city became believers. As I said at the start of my talk, our theme for today is Kingdom in Words and Deeds. And if we look at Philip's ministry in this unnamed city, we see the good news of the kingdom being proclaimed in both word and deed. As well as preaching about Jesus, Philip's ministry included the casting out of evil spirits and the healing of many who were paralyzed or lame. It's no wonder that there was great joy in that city. Our reading also includes the encounter with with Simon, who was some sort of magician or sorcerer. He had a great following in the city until Philip came along and the people's eyes were opened to the truth of the gospel. We read that many of the people there, both men and women, were baptized and we see that Simon also came to faith and was baptized. And Simon then followed Philip around wherever he went. So astonished was he by the great signs and miracles that take place through Philip's ministry. I find that really encouraging. Here was this sorcerer able to perform all sorts of things that amazed the people of the city, yet those doings were as nothing compared to the works that Philip was able to perform through the power of the Holy Spirit. Next we see that somehow The apostles in Jerusalem heard what was happening in Samaria and sent Peter and John, probably the two most senior apostles, to see if what was happening was really the beginning of the spreading of the gospel throughout the world. We need to remember that, as I said earlier, Samaritans were despised, perhaps even hated. So it is no wonder that those in the church in Jerusalem, where it all began, wanted to see if these conversions really were genuine. When Peter and John arrive they do indeed find new believers although as it says in verse 16 the holy spirit had not yet come upon them this is somewhat surprising for as we see elsewhere and perhaps as we know from our own personal experience the holy spirit is as one commentator puts it the birthright of every christian received at conversion so Why was the coming of the Holy Spirit on these new believers delayed until the arrival of Peter and John? I believe there are two thoughts to consider here. Firstly, the apostles and the other Christians in Jerusalem who may initially have been somewhat skeptical about what was happening in Samaria could now be completely reassured that these conversions are genuine, that the Samaritans have accepted Jesus as the Messiah and that they are their spiritual equals, true brothers and sisters in Christ. Receiving the Holy Spirit when Peter and John lay hands on them confirms this. (coughs) Secondly, This is really the beginning of a new chapter in the life of the church. As I mentioned earlier, the last words of our Lord Jesus, before his return to the Father, were to take the good news out beyond Jerusalem. And perhaps God is confirming that what is happening here truly is in line with his will. Just as the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples in Jerusalem at the start of their ministry, so he's now poured out on the believers in this fledgling church beyond the bounds of Jerusalem. The kingdom in words and deeds has begun to, sp- begun to spread out beyond Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria and will continue to spread out from that small beginning into all the world. Our reading ends with the incident of Simon, now a believer, totally misunderstanding what is going on and coming to Peter and John with money, asking that they might give him the ability to pray for others in order that they might receive the Holy Spirit. This may hark back to when Simon was able to amaze people with his so-called magic whatever that was and he wants that same sort of power and fame. Peter's response to him is exceedingly strong rightly so, as to imagine that one could buy God's power totally violates all that we know of our sovereign God who gives good gifts. Peter sees that Simon's heart is still full of bitterness, that he is still captive to sin and so he strongly urges Simon to repent of his wickedness and to ask the Lord for forgiveness. To his credit, Simon appears to recognize his wrongdoing and ask Peter, Pray to the Lord for me, that nothing you have said may happen to me. <clears throat> we don't know what ensues in Simon's case, but what we do know is that when any of us come to the Lord to ask for his forgiveness, he is always ready to forgive, always ready to welcome us back into his loving arms. Peter and John then returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages on their way back home. And I've no doubt that as they shared the good news of Jesus, teaching about the kingdom in words, then good deeds would have followed. Peter, John, Philip and the other apostles had come to know the love of God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ and that love flowed out from them wherever they went. If we, like those Samaritans we've been thinking about, have accepted the Good News, have committed our lives to Jesus as Lord and Saviour, then we too are already part of the Kingdom of God. We too have been made aware of the amazing love that our Father God has for each one of us. And our lives should reflect that love, reaching out to others at every possible opportunity. During this pandemic there have been countless acts of love, both locally and nationally, and although not all of them may have been in response to the love of God, many of them have been. Things have been happening here in St John's, hear from St. John's in Southbourne as a result of knowing the love of God at work in our lives. It's my prayer, and perhaps it should be the prayer of each one of us, that this atmosphere of love will continue long after COVID-19 becomes a distant memory. We've shared some thoughts this morning on our theme of Kingdom in Words and Deeds. Seeing good news shared and good deeds performed. We know, of course, about God's kingdom in heaven. But also, as Jesus said in Luke 17 verse 21, The kingdom of God is within you. As citizens of the Kingdom of God, we follow in the footsteps of Philip, of Peter, and John, and of the other apostles, with a calling to speak about the Kingdom of God in words, and then to demonstrate all that it means to be part of that Kingdom in deeds, emulating our Lord Jesus whose words and deeds revealed the love of our Heavenly Father. God bless you all. Amen.
0: Well, thank you, David. I I certainly enjoyed discussing that talk with you during the week and I look forward to seeing what we make of it in our small groups. If you're not a member of a small group, do get in touch with us uh, and we'll uh, find one for you. And we are looking to start some alpha groups as well in the new year. So um, do get engaged. There's lots of questions uh, and we think Jesus has got all the answers. In fact, we're convinced he has uh, the answers and it's great to help unpack them. But we also know that we don't Uh, always live as though we should. Uh, We don't always live as though Jesus was the answer. We come up with our own ideas and do our own things and the Bible calls that sin and we call it all sorts of things but uh, the Bible calls us to come back. John the Baptist called us back to repent of the things we've done and come back to God. So let's think about these things as we come to a time of confession. Christ, the light of the world, has come to dispel the darkness of our hearts. In his light, let us examine ourselves and confess our sins. Lord of grace and truth, we confess our unworthiness to stand in your presence as your children. We have sinned. Forgive us and heal us. The Virgin Mary accepted your call to be the mother of Jesus. Father, forgive our disobedience to your will. In this we have sinned. Father, forgive us and help us. Your Son, our Saviour, was born in poverty in a manger. Forgive our greed and rejection of your ways. We have sinned. Forgive us and help us. The shepherds left their flocks to go to Bethlehem. Forgive our self-interest and lack of vision. In this we sin. Father, forgive us and heal us. The wise men followed the star to find Jesus the King. Forgive our reluctance to seek you. In this we have sinned. Father, forgive us. And heal us well the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came to save us may the God of all healing and forgiveness draw us to himself and cleanse us from all our sins that we may behold the glory of his son the word made flesh Jesus Christ our Lord Amen just like to uh, continue in prayer and thank you Leslie for preparing Uh, thoughts uh, in advance for us to bring before God. We know that he hears us, uh, Jesus himself intercedes on our behalf, so we can bring these together with confidence.
3: With many of us feeling in exile at this testing time, let us pray to our heavenly Father in a spirit of thanksgiving through Jesus Christ who intercedes for us. Father, we praise you for your protection, for your presence in all our lives, and for your provision. We thank you for who you are, for your blessings and pray for your mercy on those who are ignorant as to your purposes. Hear the prayers of your people this morning as we lift to you the needs of the world, our nation and each other. Father we pray for our government and all political leaders that they would have clear sight and rule with decency and wisdom We pray especially for Boris Johnson as the trade negotiations with the European Union come to an end. Please give him courage to stand firm for what you believe is right for our nation, whilst at the same time maintaining constructive relationships with our European friends. We pray that where divisions remain, that those involved would disagree well. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for church leaders throughout the world, especially in those countries where their lives are frequently at risk and there is increasing persecution of Christians by extremists who carry out horrific acts of violence. Uphold these Christian martyrs, Lord, and lift your hand against those intent on evil. We give thanks for all those involved in developing vaccines to combat the coronavirus and do pray, Lord, for as smooth a rollout as possible in this complex situation. We pray that you would guide those making decisions as to who to prioritise and how to benefit as many people as possible nationwide. Father, we pray that the virus does not spread greatly during the Christmas festivities, but that, with a quieter time for most, more people would reflect on the true meaning of this special time. We know that only you can end this global pandemic and pray that it will result in a spiritual awakening with more and more people turning to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray for all ministers and church leaders in this diocese and give thanks for all the hard work and planning that has gone into church services online and in church buildings. May they be greatly encouraged by the large number of people watching at home and those who want to gather safely for worship. We especially thank you for Matt, our lay readers, church wardens, musicians, administrators and many more and for the daily reflections which are so sustaining. We pray for our royal family and thank you that the Queen has kept well and has recently appeared in public for the first time since March. Bless all our royals who are hard-working and follow the Queen's immeasurable example of service to the nation. Father, may your presence calm the storms in our lives. You are unchanging and Jesus brought light and the hope of salvation into a dark world. May that light flood into the lives of those we know to be struggling, whether it be from the loss of a loved one, loneliness, homelessness, job loss, and pain either physical or mental. Lift those who are low in spirit, remove negative thoughts, give hope where there is despair, patience to those with long-term medical conditions. We pray for healing wherever possible, thinking especially of John Excel and Rachel Manday at this time, and for their families. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, as we wait and reflect during Advent, open our eyes to see opportunities to talk to others about Jesus. Strengthen our hands to do your will. We know Jesus chose ordinary men to be his disciples and transformed them into extraordinary ones. Show each of us what you, you want us to do. Help us all to stay close to you at this challenging time, being so grateful for our faith, in all that is good and in your promises which never fail. Father, we look up in expectation to the day when Jesus will come again to reign in power and glory and when we too shall rise to be with him in the life immortal. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
0: I'll take our closing reading from Isaiah chapter 61. We notice in the story that the Spirit of God was fully with Philip. We want the Spirit of God to be with us. And this year is one where the the power of God's word and his Spirit has been abroad amongst us. And we know that these words have been important to us in helping us to understand who God is calling us to be. Isaiah 61 The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called Oaks of Righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. Amen. Well, may the Lord protect you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.